Hi, welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we're going to be looking at probably one of the most practical teachings that Paul has within this letter about what does it look like to show Christ in us. Jesus cares about your family. I don't know who you are today, but if you've grown up in a home that wasn't following Jesus, if you've experienced a family of divorce, disunity, distrust, betrayal, division, I want you to know today that that was never the design of the Father for you to have. And that even though you grew up in that way and in that home, that does not have to define or dictate the marriage that you have, the way that you treat your spouse, or the way that you treat your children. It does not have to define the partner that you choose to go through life with. Jesus' blood speaks a greater word over you and over your family and over your upbringing and where you are heading. Today we're going to be looking at a pretty serious conversation that Paul has with this church in Colossae. He's going to talk to them about spousal relationships, about children to parent relationships, about work relationships. And it's so important for us to know before we even get into today's message that Jesus cares. He sees you. He knows you. He knows what you've gone through. He knows every challenge. He knows every fight. He knows every conversation. He knows every action. He sees it all. And he's not scared. He's not scared and he is not distant. He desires to draw near to you. And oh, I am sorry for what you have had to go through. The Father is inviting you to bring this to him. And it does not mean that it makes it any better than what you had to go through. No, it doesn't mean that it makes it right. Please hear that today. It is not that Jesus is going to come in and somehow turn this tragedy into a triumph. No, this is tragedy. This is evil. It was not right what happened. For any Christians listening to this today that maybe don't have that experience, don't minimize someone's experience. Don't try to normalize it. All you're doing in the hopes of loving them is actually just saying to them that the evil and the tragedy that they have gone through was not that bad. You're minimizing it. You're trying to normalize something that was never meant to be experienced. And I know that many of you maybe have participated and said things that you shouldn't have now that you're thinking about it. And I know you're probably doing it out of a good heart, but it's not helpful. You're not helping the person by minimizing it or normalizing it. It doesn't help. Evil is evil. And Jesus had one response to evil, and that was the cross. So don't make this a light thing. So when I go into today's conversation, when we look at Paul's words, I'm not going into this naively. I know that there are going to be people who listen to this, who are coming from broken homes, from abuse. And I'm so sorry that you've had to go through this. And in no way, in no way am I trying to minimize or normalize your experience. But what I am saying is that Jesus loves you. And he did not desire or design you to go through those circumstances. Those people made decisions that were not aligned with his will. 
or his way. That is not Jesus. That is evil and that is wrong. That doesn't make it easier, but it does allow us to mean, it means that there's a path for you to take that you can get out of this hole. These things don't have to cripple you. For some of us listening to this, we might need to be seeing a counselor. We might need someone that we can trust who's in the faith to help us process these tragedies, these traumas. But oh, there is a path forward. I know we haven't even got into today's message. I just feel that so strongly today. You're not alone. He loves you and he sees you. He knows what you've gone through. He's not scared and he's not distant. You can bring it to him. The anger, the bitterness, the fear, the doubt, the loneliness. You can bring that to him today. Father, before we get into this, I need to pray. Oh Lord, I come before you. Jesus, I ask that you would have your way. Lord, you know I came into this with a plan. I came in this with a schedule, with, a, with an order of service, so to speak, with words that I thought that you want me to say. But Lord, I give you this moment. I give you this episode. Father, I ask that you would speak. Lord, you know every person that's going to listen to this. Father, you know exactly what they're going through. Father, you say that you will give us our daily bread. So Lord, I'm asking that somehow, in some way, that this would be a daily bread for someone today. That this would be fresh manna. Oh, Father, let it not be about me or my words or my ideas. I could care less. Jesus, it needs to be from you. You alone, Lord. You are the one that's worthy to be praised. You are the one that's worthy of our lives. So, Father, we look to you today, regardless of what we're going through, regardless of the situations, whether it's a blessing kind of week or a curse kind of week, we come before you right now and we submit ourselves to you. Father, we're listening. We want to hear from you. Teach us mightily this day. Fill us with your presence once again. Fill us with your peace. Oh God, we love you and we need you. Have your way. Today, we're going to be stepping into Paul's practical teaching for this church in Colossae in respects to relationships that they have around them. Paul's going to address the marital relationship. He's going to address the parental relationship. He's going to address the master to the slave relationship. And if we're going to understand this in context, there's some things that we need to keep in mind. So before we go into the specific teaching, I want to bring up three things. The first thing that I want to bring up, Paul actually goes through a similar teaching in the letter that he wrote to the church in Ephesus. So if you were to go to your Bible, it would be really cool if you read Ephesians 5 and 6 and then also read Colossians 3 and 4. And what you'll notice, if you look at the topics that Paul is addressing, it's very similar. And so if you're wanting a more expansive understanding of Paul's teaching of the things that he's going to address today, you can actually go to Ephesians and see a fuller picture of Paul's understanding of the relationships that we are going to be talking about today. The other thing that I want us to remember is that I believe it was two weeks ago we talked about being put to death. And in this conversation, we read Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. And in that Colossians chapter 3, verse 11, we heard Paul say that all are in Christ. 
He gives a list of ethnicities, of cultures, of social status, and he tells us that all are in him. And so we have to remember that before we go into today's teaching, that Paul has already told us that our skin color, our nationality, our personality, our achievements, our family blood, our social status is not where we find our value. Our value is found in being made in the image of God. He loves us and he is for us. And so whatever we read in today's Paul's teaching, we can read a lot of different things into it. But what we can't read is that Paul is that there's inequality because there's not. Paul believes in an equal society. He believes in equality. I know that I bet I've just upset someone by saying that. But I'll stand by that for sure. And if you really want to have a conversation, you can reach me at the Instagram page or the Facebook or whatever. And we can have a conversation. I have no problem with that at all. But I truly believe that Paul is for equality. I don't think that should be a controversial thing to say. It's sad that for many generations it has been. So the third thing that I want us to keep in mind. So the first two things was this is parallel to Ephesians 4 and 5. And that Paul has already told us that all are in Christ. So he believes in equality. So we need to keep this in mind when we go into today's teaching. The third thing that we're going to talk about is is the fact this is kind of outside of Scripture. So the first two things are just about paying attention to what Paul and the Bible has already said. And this third thing is an additional information that in previous generations they maybe didn't have. So this is that. Because of the ancient writings that we've discovered, not we, I say we as if I have done anything, I haven't at all. There's been ancient writings that discovered that has brought a great awareness of the culture of the day that the Bible was written in. So we know that in this culture, and very likely in Colossae, in the city, that men, to, to use the word patriarchy or hierarchy system, would kind of be a polite way of describing this oppressive society. In the context of marriage and family, men had no limits on how to speak, treat, or live in those contexts. In the context of slavery, slaves had no voice or significance. Masters had no limits and could do as they pleased with their property. This is very valuable information to keep in mind when we read this next section, when we hear Paul's teaching. Because you'll see that Paul is going to bring insight and challenge that's really relevant to what would have been normal societal functions of family, of husbands, of slaves and masters. And so let's keep this in mind as we go into today's passage. So without further ado, Colossians 3 verses 18, and this is the English Standard Version. Wives, submit to your husbands, as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. So we see Paul addresses wives, and he tells them to submit to their husbands. This word submit is one of saying, I am going to trust and allow my partner, my husband, to lead. Now, I know that's probably... Depending on who you are, that can be a very controversial thing to say. But you need to hear this in context. You see, Paul doesn't just say that. What he says is, as it is fitting in the Lord. This is so important because this phrase actually almost changes the way that 
the implications of submitting to your husband looks like. You see, if we just said, wife, submit to your husbands, and that was it, that basically is saying, no matter what your husband says, no matter where your husband is leading you, you need to submit to him. You need to follow his ways. You've made a covenant with him. He is the boss. You are not. You walk in his ways. But Paul doesn't say that. Paul says, as it is fitting in the Lord. In other words, Paul is saying, wives, you submit to your husbands up until the point that they are leading you in God's way. But if they are not leading you in God's way, if it is not fitting in the Lord, you do not submit to what they are doing. In other words, if a wife is in a relationship with a partner who is abusing them, that is not the ways of Jesus. And so that wife does not need to submit in that abuse. That wife does not have to submit in that oppression because that is not fitting in the Lord. Think about this within the context of what we just talked about within, within understanding the context that this is being written in. Who is Paul to tell a woman that she doesn't have to always listen to her husband? Who is Paul or Jesus to say that a husband has the right to be disobeyed? This is kind of radical. I know it doesn't sound like that in our context, in our culture. But if you dive into this context and this culture and you think about the implications of this, this is amazing. Paul is saying to these women, don't follow your husband first. Follow Jesus first. So of course, you want to be with a man who is following Jesus and hopefully living in that way. And so to follow Jesus and to follow the man almost coexists because the man is following his way. But if that is not the case, or if your husband is leading you to down a road that is not following Jesus, you do not have to submit to that. That's pretty radical if you ask me. And so Paul's next line, this is verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Again, read this in context. Paul, who is Paul to tell husbands how to treat their wives? Their wives is their property. What they do with them is up to them. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says, if you're following Jesus, you are to love your wife and to not be harsh with them. Don't be a jerk. In Ephesians, remember I said this parallels with Ephesians. Paul in Ephesians raises the bar even higher and says, you are to love your wife the way Christ loved the church. In other words, you are to take the authority that you have as a man and you are to submit it and put it in a place of servanthood, not in a place of power and authority. He's flipping the switch of the cultural expectations and norms within a family. Paul is saying that if you're following Jesus, and you're walking in his way, it's going to reflect in the way that you treat your spouse. It matters. So if you're a wife today listening to this, you are called as a follower of Jesus to submit to your spouse. Again, this is not saying that you are not equal with your husband. It's saying that you trust the man you have married, that you are not your own, just like he is not his own. But also, please hear this again. If your husband is abusing you in any shape, way, or form, you are not to submit to this. If you see a relationship or know of a relationship where something like this, this kind of teaching is being used against a partner, whether it be a wife or a husband, you need to speak up. You have a responsibility to speak up, especially when people throw in Jesus' name into this. And if you are a husband 
listening to this. You are called to love your wife the way that Christ loved the church. You are called to lay your life down. Any authority that Christ has given to you is supposed to be used within the form of serving others. And this begins in our family. It begins with the relationship that we have with our spouse. Who cares if we have recognition by those around us if we do not have recognition from our own spouse? You want to follow Jesus greater? Start loving your spouse better. All right, hopefully that's helpful. So let's read this next section. This is verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. This idea of children obeying their parents would not be one that would be a surprise in this culture. I would say probably in ours that might be, but in the culture that this was written in, it's almost, an, it's almost redundant that Paul would say this. And yet, just like with the first one where Paul says, wife, submit to your husbands, and then he finishes with this line that's like, whoa, are you kidding me? Here we see this again. He says, for this pleases the Lord. I know that might sound like so simple, but when you think about it within the context of what this is being read in this world that it's being spoken into, Paul is saying that your children have an ability to worship the Lord. In this context, children had no value, no worth. And yet Paul is saying children have immense worth in the kingdom. And of course, if you read the Gospels, you know Jesus totally reiterates this time and time again. But for this culture, in this context, for Paul to say this is super radical. He's saying to treat your children with respect, with love, with honor. You know, if you're a kid listening to this, which I guess technically we all are kids listening to this in some way, we are called to be respectful and honoring to our parents, regardless of who they are, regardless of how they treated us. I know that's not easy, like we talked about in the beginning of this episode, but but it's true, it's there. And there's a way for us to respect and to honor. And I mean, it's important to know too that scripturally speaking, when you become an adult, that relationship with your parent does change. You're to leave your, your family and bind yourself to another. So the obeying does look different as you get older. But as long as you're under the roof of your parents, you are to respect and obey. Verse 21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Again, this kind of reiterates what Paul is saying, even to the children, is he's putting a limit on a father. He's putting a limit on the ability that these men would have over their family. You know, I know this might sound like a reiteration of things that I it might sound like I'm repeating myself, but it's because I want you to read this in context. I want you to hear the words of Paul in context. Paul is putting a limit on the way that a father would parent his household. It matters to Jesus. It really does. This is twofold. This is saying that if you have grown up in a home where your dad was not following Jesus the way that he was supposed to, that that mattered to God, that he wasn't okay with that. It doesn't mean there's not forgiveness and grace and mercy for your father, but it does mean that that doesn't make it lighter any way the childhood that you had. And if you're a father listening to this, we have a responsibility to love our children well. It's interesting that it says, don't let them become discouraged. That tells me that a father and a mother have 
a responsibility and an opportunity to encourage their child in a way that no one else does. We have an opportunity to speak life, to speak hope, to speak truth to our children. Our children don't have to be raised as orphans spiritually. They can be raised as spiritual sons and daughters, knowing that their identity is found in the Father, who is not just biological like us, but the Father of all things. We have an opportunity to raise our kids in a way that's so different than maybe many of us have been raised. What a beautiful opportunity that Jesus is inviting us into today. Now we're going to, lead, we're going to read this last part. Bond servants, obeying everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye servants, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of the heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as though for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Paul is saying slaves have value. Paul does not see them or address them as property, but he sees them and talks to them as men and women made in the image of God. He reminds them that they are not working for their masters. They are working for Jesus. There is a reward reserved for those who have lived in an oppressed life. Paul then goes a step further and he says, your masters that are treating you horribly will be held responsible. Jesus does not see them as a master and will not give them special treatment the way that our culture rewards those with power and money and influence. For anyone who's listening to this today, who's working a job for people who don't care about you, who are corrupt. You need to know you're not working for them. You are working for Christ Jesus. He sees you and knows you and knows what you are going through. There is a reward reserved just for you. And there is a repercussions for those who are abusing their power and not treating you or the coworkers around you properly. It should be no surprise to us at this point in his teaching to see that Paul writes to these men and to these masters and gives them a specific teaching. Let's read what he says. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Paul puts limitations on people of power. He says you're responsible. Whenever being in a position of power, to use it in a way that Christ would, to serve, to be sacrificial, to be just, and to be fair. He then reminds them of the sober truth that they may be kings and queens in this land, but there is only one king over all creation. But there is only one king over all creation, and all will be responsible for their actions before him. If there happens to be anyone listening to this who finds themselves in a position of power, whether it's a shift supervisor, a manager, an owner, a CEO, a CFO, whatever it may be, a person of influence, you need to know that as a follower of Jesus, you have a responsibility to fight against oppression that is so easily overlooked in our social circles. You have a responsibility before God to serve those 
that you have been trusted over in a way that is sacrificial, in a way that is serving, in a way that reflects the kingdom of God. Just because other people in your position don't see it the way that you do does not give you permission to oppress. These things matter to Jesus. I know this this episode kind of took a different turn than I thought it was going to take. But I think it's important for us to remember that the things that we do with our life matter. We have a responsibility, but we also have an opportunity to reflect the kingdom, not just in abstract ways, but in very practical ways. The ways that we love our spouse, the ways that we love our children, the ways that we serve in the workplaces that we find ourselves in, the ways that we live our lives matter to Jesus and have an ability to display his character and his kingdom in our midst. You know, if this is the question of this podcast is what is our identity and, and what does it mean to actively participate in the Father's kingdom? Well, what we're learning today is that every aspect of our life is how we participate in the kingdom. Every aspect. The way we treat our spouse, the way we treat our family, the way we go to work, how we function in life is how we participate in the kingdom. There's an opportunity in every moment of every day to be a displayer of our loving Father through the power of the Holy Spirit by the mercy of Christ Jesus alone. In closing today, our walk with Jesus goes beyond just beliefs, but it is to be reflected in our actions. This starts with our own sphere of influence. Whether we are children, parents, spouses, employees, employers, we are not to just have a bunch of ideas, but we are to be bearers of the kingdom that is in our midst. Beginning with the people that the Father has placed around us, we have a responsibility in Christ to display the hope that we have. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you care. Lord, I thank you that you care about the ways that we live our life. Father, I thank you that you don't just speak in abstractions, but you speak practically. You speak intentionally. Father, that you want to know us intimately, not just in the ways that we process the things that we've gone through or the things that we're going through or where we are heading, but you intimately want to know the details of our life. You see us and you draw near to us and you invite us into a new way, regardless of if we've been following you for years or for moments or for seconds, you invite all of us to draw closer to you. Oh Jesus, I ask that your Holy Spirit would invite us in new ways in this moment, reveal to us the ways that we maybe have been falling short of your kingdom. Lord, we repent of that and we receive the forgiveness that only you can offer us through Jesus Christ. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Father, we choose to walk with you today, not just in abstractions, but in the way that we treat those around us, those closest to us and those afar. We love you and we thank you for the privilege it is to know you and to grow deeper in our relationship with you. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope something in this has encouraged you. 
If you're wanting to stay connected, the best way to do this would be to subscribe to this podcast channel. If you're looking for more resources, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the JMPcast. I hope you'll consider joining me as we continue to dive into this question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Have a great day.